1: What a oh, man, listen, we'll get into it. But, anyways, it's a two-man show, Josue and Bobby tonight. All right, we got Josue and Bobby show tonight. I'm Joseph Pavone. he is, of course, Bobby Manning, and the Celtics dropped this one, man, 106 to 98. Uh, really came down to the fourth quarter, Bobby. You know what? The way they came out with the zone to start the fourth quarter not only set the, set the tone, I felt like, but it was almost as if they smelt fear and and they went with that, obviously, because it wasn't just the zone, they just the, the stifling defense seemed to be, uh, seemed to just give the Celtics fits. And, and not only were they in their head, but I felt like they were arguing with the referees. You know, Marcus Smart got tossed in this one. But at that point, he had already known the outcome of this game. But Bobby, what's your take here? I mean, look, 420 left in the game. The Celtics score one basket, one made field goal, two points. Uh, it was all Miami, and they just couldn't score. And they, they missed a handful of layups, to say the least.
2: Yeah, mostly Brown. The ball was in hand, his hands quite a bit late there. I believe he missed four straight shots around the basket uh, as the game got away from them there down the stretch. And Lowry hit the big shot, a fadeaway on the baseline there to make it four. Uh, Struce got that block to send Butler out for the break, breakout dunk that felt bubble-esque. And a lot of this game did, right, Joe Sway? This was like a throwback back to that bubble series where the offense is breaking down in the fourth quarter. Uh, Miami's just you circling them like sharks and hitting big shots on the other end. Um, Bams causing havoc inside. Tice was awesome, but now you have Daniel Tice out there against Miami instead of Robert Williams. And this is the beginning of life without Rob. The margins are much slimmer. Uh, the ball movement's hurt on offense. You're not nearly as dominant on defense. I thought the first half was a disaster for Boston defensively, even though the bit final number doesn't end up being that bad for Miami there. Uh, some resilient moments though. The 16-0 run was good. Um, even uh, that run after the stops in that zone that you mentioned there, Josue, to start the fourth, they came back with some nice uh, plays after that, especially the alley-oop to Tice. But overall, it doesn't amount to much here. Miami just looked tougher, more decisive, and stronger in the moments that mattered here. And This was a scary one. A lot of old habits reemerging for the Celtics. They looked disconnected at times. And certainly that dominance that we watch – just a couple days ago on Sunday against Minnesota there is completely gone. It's going to be much, much harder for this team to win against the best of the league.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, this is the top tier, right? These are the cream of the crop of the Eastern Conference, which is why I wasn't shocked to see a fourth quarter put together the way the Miami Heat did that. I mean, look, the Celtics had a seven-point lead. We know that that can disappear within minutes, but you still had a pretty good feeling. At least I did. I mean, I thought it would go down to the wire. I didn't expect – the well to run dry the way it did offensively for the Celtics. That, that's exactly what happened. I mean, yeah, of course, they're not the same defense without Robert Williams, nor are they the same on offense when he's not out there, but you got a heck of a performance, not only out of uh, Daniel Tice. I thought Marcus Smart was, was, was tremendous at the point guard position, you know, flashy passes. He felt like he was in his bag. Uh, Jason Tatum, would, you know, got things going offensively. I mean, it, does it really boil down to just the Miami just playing stifling defense? Did, did Tatum get in his own way a bit? I, I saw when Jalen Brown made that three, I, I thought that that would get him going a bit in the second half or, or at least in the, down the stretch, but I mean, neither one of those guys, look, for them to get stopped at the basket or get stopped at the rim over and over again, I mean, it's a bit concerning when you, when you look at their approach and, and the momentum going into that fourth quarter.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of concerning stuff out of this one, and I thought Tatum was fine. His decision-making was good. He passed up that, you know, shot to White in the corner there on the break that ended up getting them back in the game down the stretch there. Brown was a little sloppy. Smart was super sloppy. I'm going to push back on his game. With six turnovers, shooting way too much, stepping back on the threes. Before uh, the fourth quarter, though? Extra aggressive, you know, way too aggressive. It felt like Felt like he was still doing what he did on Monday against Toronto there with the leading the offense and, yeah, Yeah. taking uh, taking all the shots he could muster there. There were a few good passing moments for him, but overall this was his most out-of-control game in months, I thought. Um, Yeah, yeah, not a very focused effort from Smart here. They needed way more from him in terms of just maintaining possessions because Miami was lurking all game. No real separation from Boston over them, in fact. The Heat had the most solid leads in this game when you look back on it there. And when you're throwing away possessions like he was, it was great that he was able to make up for a lot of his mistakes with that awesome behind-the-back steal on Tucker and the response to Lowry's own steal on him in the second half. But it wasn't enough. He wasn't good enough, nearly enough in this game to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, just as a a point guard, yeah, the turnovers weren't great. I I just thought that he just had those rah-rah moments where the, the Celtics just sort of Got they, they woke up a bit. The crowd started getting into it. What was it, the end of the third quarter when they that, that huge run that made a difference? I, I thought was going to make the difference in the second half, especially because after the way Miami Heat came out and you know to the start the third quarter, the Celtics responded right away. But man, it, it would you say the zone defense to start the fourth quarter? I mean, what was it, five straight possessions? The Celtics came up short. I, I mean. Is they bounced back that? from
2: that. Yeah, they bounced back from that, I thought. And that's, that's the positive I'll take away from this one is they did go up against some resilient – they did have some resilient moments. Uh, they didn't score on the first five possessions there of the fourth quarter, and then they broke loose for three straight with that nice Tatum pass to Tice and, like I said, White throwing the alley-oop to Tice. Tice was awesome in this game. He is the big silver lining here. But your regular is smart. Tatum, Brown, guys who have been better than this through this whole run here that they were on before the injury, all of those guys were much better coming into this one. And you got to hold them to a higher standard, smart, especially. I mean, he hasn't even been close to this sloppy for a long time here. And I think Miami's defense is a little random, a little sporadic, a little unpredictable, but at the same time, I think there wasn't a real level of respect for the defenders out there. And this is another throwback to 2020, like Robinson here, those guys, they can Tatum a little bit, and he was trying to go right at them. He got frustrated with the officials. You look back on that big string of technicals and free throws that they allowed right before halftime as key points that you gave away there from Tatum's end. Brown trying to go right at Max Struess down the stretch didn't quite work, and even Smart trying to take guys one-on-one. It, it, it was just a throwback effort overall to me for this team to earlier in the year. And that's very concerning to me. I mean, I know it's a tough opponent, great defense. Miami was locked in coming into this one. Felt like they needed this one a lot more than the Celtics did. Boston's still finding itself, so I'm not hitting the panic button yet. But some of the stuff you saw, Joe Sway, it's, it's got to be a little concerning, right? Right. yeah, a little bit, Bobby. But
1: I mean, yes, you have to remember, too, the Miami Heat, they, they knew, this, they, they knew the, the circumstances, right? I mean, if they would win the tiebreaker, it would it would put them in a really tough spot, especially because Celtics would would regain momentum in the in the standings. So I, I think the Miami Heat came in with that with that mindset, you know. So you, you have to give them credit there, and especially with all the the chaos they've been dealing with the past week. I mean, ever since the 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 timeout scuffle, you know, they, they've been having a, a, a hard time getting back on track. So I think they knew that this is that game, that perfect opportunity to do just that. But I just I was just beside myself with the Celtics' offense to come up, this short, you know, uh, especially when you're getting genuine looks at the rim, you're getting there. I mean, look, uh, maybe the refs missed one call. Maybe the Jalen Brown move—not the one that he got the offensive, but um, the, the one where he got his his, his shot blocked. Maybe he got smacked on that one. But outside of that, these these were clean blocks. These were clean defensive possessions by the Miami Heat. And man, look, not to get ahead of ourselves here, but if this team, if these two teams were to ever facing the, in the playoffs, man. Like that would be tough—a tough matchup for the Celtics, you know, especially if Robert Williams is not in the mix.
2: It's something they have to get over. It almost reminds me of like the Patriots and the Ravens there for a while where where Baltimore just had Brady's number. There were all those tough playoff losses against them. It's almost like Tatum and Brown in this Miami group. Like you look at the matchup on paper again, even in a game like this where you don't have Rob, and we'll get to the impact of Rob's uh, absence I'm sure here as we have some news on that now. But uh, there's just something intangible with this Heat group, the big shot making. The transition play, I thought they really set a tone for pace early in this game. And the Celtics, what was up with that start? Emei happened to call a timeout 68 seconds in. Brown not covering Struess on a three. Grant Smart lost on a pick and roll. I mean, there were some defensive lapses in this game that you haven't seen anything close to all year. Did you see that play, Joe Sway, where Robinson and Bam had a little give-and-go play where Pritchard and Tice were just standing there? Yeah, with yeah, Robinson yeah. running right past them. This is not right, stuff. Yeah. This is not stuff that we've seen anything close to from this defense in a couple months here, and I think they'll be able to get that side of the ball right as these combinations and lineups start playing with each other a little bit more here. But this was a focus thing for me for Boston. Uh, they just did not do the little things here that Miami did from a, you know, intangible perspective as well as just a possession holding perspective. The turnovers, the breakdowns on defense, even the following it all ended up, and both teams did end up following a lot, uh, but it seemed to get in Boston's head. The officiating certainly is Tatum, as I mentioned, had that rough stretch before half where he's looking at his family, wondering what's going on with the technical, and Smart's getting ejected in the final seconds. That's other stuff with this team that's kind of a throwback, the, offici- uh, um, the obsession with the officiating there, and that's something that undermined them too, I think, in this game. Final free throw totals. Fairly even, I'd have to say, if I'm just guessing here 23 for Boston, 25 for Miami. So, no real discrepancy there. But the way Boston reacted, I know Miami picked up a tech too, but it did seem to affect the Celtics more the way this game was being called, especially you know after what... Smart got shoved out of bounds there. So, we thought, Smart yeah, enough.
1: I was just gonna say, it looked like this, something like. The opposing teams that they were blowing out, you know, and even though this wasn't wasn't a blowout, man, it just looked like they just wanted to complain to the officials, or they wanted it just to come easier for them, and that obviously wasn't the case, you know. And even though they were able to get to the rim as many times as they did, it just they just didn't look comfortable out there. And look, you look at, uh, we we talked about other guys stepping up here, you know, uh, offensively up, going up against this Miami Heat team. That, that can be so stifling on defense. And outside of Tatum and Brown, I mean, it was just very – oh, and Tice, excuse me, and Tice. Tice, was, Tice was solid. The, the offense just – it's tough to to, to wonder who's going to come up big, you know, from night to night. You know, Grant Williams has been shaky these past couple of games. Al Horford couldn't seem to find his rhythm, uh, you know, outside of that, you know, what was it, an and one play that got everyone going. You know, it was almost as if when the offensive w- was clicking, when, they were, when, they, when something would go on their runs, <laughs> They would get involved a little bit, but then they would shy away or you, you wouldn't see them touch the ball as much. Peyton Pritchard was, what, one for three, you know, coming off the bench in 20 minutes. Derek White had that one three. I thought that was going to catapult him to give him another one. or, or and I feel like he, he didn't take another shot after that. So it's tough because you, you saw Tatum and Brown wanted to take things into their own hands. But when they didn't, you wondered where the rest of the offense was co- going to come from, or at least where was it up until that point, you know, leading into the fourth quarter.
2: Yeah, Brown had the blinders on. I I throw a lot of this one on him, at least in crunch time there. You know, you got to keep the ball moving. You got to keep it spinning around there. He was trying to crack it open late, and Miami's defense was just in a spot where they were really – Tightening it up, and Shrews was fantastic covering them. They showed a crowd against them in the lane. I'm sure Emey's going to talk postgame about getting out of that crowd, uh, secondary dribble drives, all that different kind of stuff. And they did funnel the ball to Smart, too, out of a lot of those sets. Like Miami was very decisive in terms of where they sent the ball there. And their guys that looked like you could attack weren't so exposable. Like I didn't see the Celtics exposing Hero all that much or Robinson. Those guys, they're tougher defenders than they look. And they all play on a string. Bam's in there to help. Uh, Butler's disruptive. Lowry, certainly. Like, there's a real Celtics-like defense there in Miami, and they've certainly been up there with Phoenix and some of these other great defenses in this year, Golden State. Uh, they're, they grinded it out on that end, and I think that's exactly what they did here. Brown, there were just some weird moments for him, getting caught on the dribble, throwing that weird pass out to Smart that he ended up stepping out of bounds after. Just the sloppiness of this game was unfathomable on the offensive end and you do chalk up some of it to rob being missing joe sway you certainly do but how much of it was just them being in a close game and every possession mattering that much more and them not front running as much there with the 20 point lead like things are going to be tighter for this group going forward there's certainly some ways rob would have helped you in this game but the biggest thing they miss about him is his defense and the advantages that he builds out there on the floor in terms of possession for possession, creating extra possessions, breakouts, all the things that were giving the Celtics those 20 point leads. Now it just tightened that much more. And you see the difference between Rob and Grant in that regard and Rob Mm. and Tice playing against the first units. I thought Grant was bad in this game. Like there's no (laughs) other way to put it. I was going to say, how
1: are you going to ease this pain? Because uh, yeah, he wasn't good. Spot start,
2: Grant, yeah, against 20, starters. That's and,
1: 20, 20, Grant.
2: I, I looked at his net rating coming in as a starter this year. This was his 20th start, plus 0.3, Grant is, in no spot starts. So you're looking at a massive drop-off from Rob to Grant, and I know I haven't been on the show in a couple of games here since the injury. When I heard that he tore the meniscus there, I said, uh-oh. Like, this is, this is not going to be good because he was the X factor. He was the guy that put this team head and shoulders above other teams. You can still compete, as the Celtics showed here tonight. You can still play down in the wire against pretty much anybody, I think. But then you have to execute in crunch time. And this team, again, I don't have the record in front of me in terms of the crunch time. I still don't think they've answered that question of whether they can close out games.
1: Well, yeah, that was the thing, right? During those uh, incredible blowout wins, it was you didn't see them get those reps in, in terms of like yeah. down the stretch games where they had to, you know, not only win with a the, with the cushion, but they had to execute in those final minutes. This worries me, Bobby, because you have Tatum in the mix. You have Brown out there. Four minutes left to go, and you expect to see more out of these guys, you know? And granted, look, I'm giving Miami Heat a whole lot of credit here the way they their, you know, the, the defensive scheming was. But I, I can't help but wonder, you know, how the Celtics team going to bounce back, or how they're going to look against other teams that that, that they're going to meet that that, are, that are reminiscent of the Miami Heat, right? You know, Rob Williams not being out there, it's a humongous loss. But you look at the mid range game, guys like Jimmy Butler, you know, guys that'll make you pay there, Kyle Lowry, Struss. I mean, I, I thought that that was that was a thorn, a steady thorn in the Celtics' side that just. Made them pay in the end because the Celtics weren't able to respond. They never responded in that fourth quarter, or at least after they they recovered from the you know from 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 the from the zone attack, you know briefly.
2: Yeah, so much was self-inflicted too. You give this Miami team extra possessions, whether it's offensive rebounds, uh, send them to the free throw line as much as you did here, just a lot of ways to give an offense that really struggles and Miami's did for stretches of this game here. You, you you can't feed them as much as Boston did here, and I don't know. I'm just I'm just left feeling so discouraged out of this one because this is the level of competition. This is the defense that you're going to run into in the playoffs here, and is your defense able to trade blows with the other teams as much as it was able to before? Now, like I said, I, I still feel confidence that they're going to get it together on that end. I guess the underrated thing about losing Rob is that passing is that vertical spacing. I thought Tatum didn't have as much space in the pick and roll and on the ball as he did with Rob out there in this one. Uh, you guess, I guess you get a little bit more shooting, but shooting still a concern for this offense. There was a nice spurt in that first quarter, 6-14 of 14, to start the game where you're hitting some threes. You end up struggling to close this one from deep, especially smart. The, this offense has questions to answer here. Fishing 29% from deep, 41% from the field. All those turnovers; those were an issue early in the year too. Joe Sway for their worst stretch there. I, I don't know what the answer is. I have a guess though, and I said coming into this one, I don't know about Grant as a starter. I I just don't. I don't know how well it transfers. I don't know how good of a duo he and Horford are, size wise, creation wise. Uh, There's not much pick and roll there that you can run between either of those two. I think there might be.
1: I think he wants some D I think there's, a case,
2: think there's a case to start Daniel Tice out of this one. And if we're going to go positive, if we're going to go positive for a minute. Maybe it was because he was going against Dwayne Dedman, who followed out in about like six to 10 minutes there. He was terrible off Miami's bench. But Tice showed you some things and things that are close enough to Rob, I'd say, where he can sort of replicate that role in the starting lineup. You go double big, you have size yeah. out there, you have mm-hmm. a roller. You have another guy that can shoot threes in the pick and pop there. I think there's a ton you can do with Tyson, that starting lineup, whereas grants just sort of that catch the ball in the corner and shoot and maybe put the ball on the floor a little bit guy. And, you know, he was doing some goofy stuff out there, like catching an offensive rebound and falling on the floor, forced them to call a timeout. Like there was a real intensity physicality to these two starting lineups. I think that grant didn't meet. Tice, he's going to foul. He's going to make some mistakes out there, but you don't, you don't question his size, his competitiveness, his intensity in those moments, and he's been in these battles, right? Like he yes, was a starter was in that 2020 that, finals, right. and you know he had I a tough time say, with Bam. Yeah. But now you have Horford to guard Bam. Tice could probably guard a PJ Tucker in a game like this. We're gonna see St- Tice enter the starting lineup at some point, and I think that's what the Celtics are gonna have to do entering the playoffs ultimately. Keep White, yeah. uh, Grant. Uh, Neesmith Pritchard keep that bench unit together Eme likes keeping those guys in their roles and Tice effectively jumps up from not having a role at all to playing a pseudo Rob role and maybe he can do some of that weak side help defense stuff that Rob was doing there. That's where I thought the Celtics might go but obviously not tonight in the immediate aftermath of the injury. All right. The Garden Report, as always,
0: is brought to you by our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline. Head over to BetOnline.ag. Use the code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. After months of playing, college basketball has determined... The top teams in the final four, which will determine this year's national champion, coming later this week. Looking to wager, as we said, head over to betonline.ag. Get your 50% welcome bonus with that promo code CLNS50 to get you started. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all your updated odds and information, along with player props, Great contests throughout the year, your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Super easy to get started. So join today. Learn why everyone is saying bet online, the fastest, easiest way to wager on all the popular sports and games. Bet online where the game starts. Again, that promo code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus to get you started. CLNS50 over at betonline.ag. Yeah, I'm with you, Bobby. I, I think that's the that's
1: the next move here because not only is he proving himself, but he wants to be in this opportunity, right? I, I think he sort of he, – he was uh, he, granted, the trade happened. He wasn't quite sure that that was going to happen. He was more than happy to be here. And then now that he's in this position, I feel like he's more than happy to go up against guys like the Miami Heat or any of the top-tier teams in the East. I mean, he's been itching for competitive basketball. I mean, think about it. He was in Houston. Like, he didn't think he'd be playing, you know, in the spring. But here, but here he is. And like you said, that series in 2020, that bubble series, that's something the that Celtics will never forget. I mean, Jason Tatum in that interview where he was so open with J.J. Redick, he mentioned that, you know, how much he, he – he, he matured from that series. And the one against Toronto, even though he won that, it, it wasn't easy. But this one against Miami, I mean, this is unfinished business if you're Jason Tatum, if you're Marcus Smart, if you're Daniel Tice. I mean, like that's something that I, I think they all had that in their mind going into this one. And they got to be really upset about the outcome because, man, Miami Miami took their, took their lunch money in that fourth quarter.
2: Yeah, just like that series. And there's a lot of good things Tice did here. I know it's against second units, but that role where he kind of picked up the ball and leaped right into the dunk. he put the ball on the floor at one point and hit a little fadeaway over Robinson in there. Good dribble handoff action high on the break there and getting downhill and even hitting a three from Horford. There's some big-to-big passing there that I think you can unlock between those two. They're both certainly guys that can space the floor. Uh, There's a ton to love with what Tice could offer the starting unit there. Fouling would be the big issue. Does he pick up a few fouls early in games, then your whole rotation's out of whack? I mean, these are the things you're just going to have to deal with with Rob being yeah. out. Like, nothing's going to be just perfect. What yeah. Right. So, he's not Rob, but he does enough things like Rob, I think, that that's the guy you'd rather have with the starters. Keep that lineup huge and disruptive. And he's a guy who has some chemistry with Tatum. Did you see him get the seal? The old fashioned seal? Yeah. He was awesome tonight. That's a real silver lining that you can take from this one. And listen, what did we talk about, too? Dropping in the standings isn't the worst thing for this team now. As as you start to look at how things are lining up here now. And, yeah,
1: but you want home court, Bobby. You want that home court. You need that. Yeah, you need no, you want
2: to. You want to seal up at least the fourth seed. But uh, right. going against but I'm, Chicago. I'm glad,
1: I was gonna say though, I'm yeah. glad we're on the same page about Daniel Tice because I yes, I know absolutely. there's probably gonna be some Celtics fans saying, you know, go small, maybe pull white in there. No, 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 stick with the stick with what's
2: familiar, you know. Absolutely, and there is a familiarity there. Like, you can see, it looks like he never left playing off these guys. That nice run to end the second quarter playing off Brown. He's a guy who plays off the star as well here. There's some pick and roll action that him and Smart can get into here. And listen, Smart's got to get back into that facilitation mindset quick here. There's not a lot of time to glue this together figure out these rotations I mean they have five games left now it's unbelievable but that's how close we are and how quick they have to pick up the pieces in the aftermath of this Rob rotation it felt like plugging and playing Grant was the most seamless way to roll this forward but I think there's an argument that Tice Horford those guys chemistry from those past years certainly Tice with Smart Brown and Tatum those guys play together they were through battles together in that postseason and if you believe the report today, it would only be a temporary fix if you can get through to round two because the Celtics are hopeful that Rob's going to return here. And you hope that that energizes this group enough to be able to get through to that point where you can get back on the floor because they're going to have to win a tough first-round series. I don't care who it's against. Maybe even get Cleveland. I think Cleveland would still be a battle at this point without Rob. Uh, Toronto certainly showed you on Monday that they're nothing to mess around with. Chicago, I know they're slipping, but they have a dangerous offense. Everybody you run into now, certainly Brooklyn and uh, a powerful offense like Charlotte at the bottom of the league if you stay up at the top, this is going to be tough for the Celtics now no matter who they go against. And you're lucky you're not going up against the top of the league of Miami or Milwaukee or Philadelphia right away. But there's still, I think, Joe Sway, an expectation that this team has enough. Like, they can figure this out without Rob and get through a first-round series, and that should be the expectation. And then from there, see what happens and whether or not he's able to get back 100%. But this team needs to figure it out enough right now to get through that first round. That's the expectation now, in my mind.
1: Right, right. And and that's why it was good news for Celtics fans when they uh, woke up this morning, Woj dropping the bomb that uh, Rob Williams did undergo surgery that will have him back within five to six weeks. He may hint at that. It could be on the, uh, the more than four to five weeks side of things, but we all know he's going to need a week or so to ramp up. So ideally, we're talking about the second round of the playoffs. Maybe he misses a game or two in that series, but most likely he would return in the second round if the Celtics are in that second round, which most likely should be the case Bobby. if they still in the top four seed, I mean, that's why I think home court is so important. I don't know if this team can, if they can survive a first round matchup against some of these teams in the East, if they don't have home court. And, you know, you mentioned the Clevelands and the, you know, the Chicago bulls. Yeah. They're not looking so great. And look, the Toronto Raptors, they they did beat the Celtics, but I still like the chances against a team like the Toronto Raptors, Um, Chicago. I mean, Chicago. Yeah. Maybe not so much Cleveland. I still like the chances against those guys. Right. I mean, look, I think, this team has progressed enough, even though they're, they're without Robert Williams, I'd still like their chance against those, against those teams, though. but I hear you.
2: Yeah, you do, because you have the top-end talent there, but the question is, can you accentuate it if Smart's not playing at his best here? And Smart still is so key to all of this. I don't know what got into him here tonight, but hopefully he bounces back from this quick. But there's a connectivity that Rob allows you, secondary passing, the quick decision-making when he put the ball in his hands, the gravity that he creates on those slips. Uh, you, you don't see a lot of what he does offensively because it's not scoring a ton of points. But the offensive rebounds, the putbacks, those are big two for this group. Uh, the assists that he dishes out—like there's so much that Rob does that took this team to another level. We saw it last year too. When you look back at last year, the fatal flaw was that he didn't play enough. And when he did play, it took them to a new level last year too. And now you're without him; it's a killer. He's one of the two, three guys that you couldn't afford to be without especially at this point in the season here. Just a devastating blow to this group. And I know the timeline has a lot of people happy. Six weeks would be May 11th. That's probably the middle portion of a second-round series. But as Woj said a little bit earlier than that is what the Celtics are hoping for here. You just wonder, like all the unknowns here. I know may talked about pregame, that the positioning of the tear was what decided the course of action. So maybe they couldn't do the full repair here. But if you could have done a full repair with Rob and set him up to be in the best position for years to come in his career, I think that would have been a wise thing to do. There's just an unknown there of whether that was a possibility or not here. It's great that he can return on time, but how does he – is he robbed? Does he have the leaping ability? Is he able to block shots at the level that he was before? There's an explosion to Rob's game that in four weeks, I don't know if you're certain is there after a meniscus tear. I guess what you hope is that it was such a minor tear that all they needed to do was a small removal here, and that's why he's coming – Back at the early portion of that but as uh, i think nate duncan pointed out on the twitter line today good point especially seeing what happened with lonzo ball who was supposed to miss six to eight weeks with this injury now going on nine after a setback there's certainly a possibility that this doesn't go as expected with rob here and you don't have him into the second round so you got to be i think if, as a team like it's great that they have this boost now i'm sure this is a jolt for everybody in the room knowing that if they get to a certain point, they're going to get him back. But you do have to figure out enough to the point where you're competitive and able to win games without him, because it's going to be a stretch and a battle ahead here without him, even if he does come at the early end of that projection. And, you know, like this is the kind of injury that Joe Slay, like this is what Kemba went through. This is what Russell Westbrook went through. This is a tough injury for a guy as athletic and explosive as Rob to, have happened at this point in his career. Uh, I'm a little worried about him going through this, and especially trying to push back as soon as he is.
1: Yeah, but I just don't think if it was that risky that the Celtics would even give it a shot. Like this is this is supposed to be a we're supposed to be a pillar for the future. You know, yeah. I don't see the Celtics right after his brand new contract. You know, throwing them out there and crossing their fingers. You know, I I think there was this was probably a thorough look. You know, a, a, a thorough. Uh, the Celtics were making sure that this is something that's going to be beneficial for both sides. I don't think they're just thinking short term here. I mean, look, it's hard to find a Robert Williams in the NBA, right? I mean, these these big men don't – they don't come around, you know, so often, especially for the Celtics, especially where they are in terms of drafting and, and all that stuff, you know. So I I would have to assume that that's the case. But, yeah, you, you bring up a good point, though. I mean, there's a good chance that things go south. I mean, maybe he doesn't heal the way that they expected – and and I don't think the Celtics would, would risk that. I, I say they pull the plug if that were ever to be the case. But, you know, hopefully for Celtics fans, they'll, you'll see a, you know, Rob out there, even though he's not
2: 100%. Yeah, and he's going to hit that rehab process running tomorrow, 2 days and all that. So, I don't know, everything you're hearing out of them says that the surgery went about as perfectly as it possibly could. Uh, this is, you know, a very quick return turnaround here. And with that removal... That's what you get. You do get the quicker return here. It's just it opens the door to some long-term cartilage degeneration and maybe some – it's like everything you're reading about this compared to the full repair, which is a tougher recovery time over the course of a year there. Like Jaron Jackson missed a whole season with it. Guys have a tough time coming back from that full repair, but the thinking is you come back as after that with you if you're able to do – repair uh, removal as they did here it, it opens the door to some bone on bone stuff it just it you got to kind of know the exact of it and we still don't really have an exact answer on why they went that route versus the, the repair which would have knocked for the season here um we'll say i mean obviously we don't know Sway and we're not the experts here they certainly went in saw the damage and took the best course of action as he may said today and Maybe this was a better option than the full repair for what his injury was. It just it just stinks that it had to happen now. You know, if this happened in February in six to eight weeks, you could even have a longer full recovery here. But with each passing game, if you go down 0-2 in a series, everyone's going to be looking like, all right, where's Rob? Is he coming? It's like Hayward a couple of years ago. Remember uh, coming back from the ankle injury when they went down to the right. finals to Miami? It was like, all right let's hope Hayward saves the day here. And all of a sudden he's coming back from a pretty big injury, just getting his feet under him with massive expectations. This is a tough thing to happen when it's happening here, because he's not going to be getting his feet under him, Joe sway. Like the playoffs are going to bring when he jumps back into action and it's going to be full speed ahead for him. And if we're thinking back to next year, I know he played a little bit in that Brooklyn series, but this is really his first goal with playoff intensity as a starter, as a guy who's playing 30, 40 minutes a game. So this is still tough for me. I know people are happy about the good news today. I guess it's a sliver of hope after some tough news a couple of days earlier. But I'm still concerned oh. here, as I wrote for S today. Like, there is still a lot of questions short and long term after the surgery.
1: Yeah, I just think you see, him being back into the mix, whether it's, again, if he's not 100%, I mean, it's going to also inspire his teammates. But, yeah, I mean, that bounce, the way he's catching Allie Hughes, that's going to be Tice's job, I think. And He caught one tonight. You know, I think that's going to be something that's going to have to Added to his game more often because that's a big part of the offense at times, right? The pick and with the pick and roll and having Rob in the middle of that. But yeah, look, a, a limited Rob is better than no Rob for sure. But you know, it doesn't make things necessarily back to the way they were a couple of weeks ago, right? The, the the stuff that we saw. But you know what, Bobby, you brought you didn't bring up the biggest point of the of the day though, like the biggest story of the day. Like there was this huge story that you just completely just ignored. All right. And it has to, has to do with you. It's your birthday. today. Yeah. Bobby. Man, you, look at you. You got guys on the show taking the day off. And Bobby, the birthday boy, man, he's putting in work at TG Garden, man. Happy birthday, Bobby. Uh, I almost said happy birthday in the group chat, but I didn't want to spoil it. I was, I'll tell him tonight. Also, I'm going to put him out there when no one else is saying happy birthday. And, and then I found out it's just, just going to be us two. But, man, happy birthday. I know John was in the building. Uh, Jimmy John was off, waving but, the pom-poms.
2: T- oh, come yeah. on. Give Tatum the cough.
1: <laughs> he had his tatum jersey on right he had the whole thing i told him to send pictures He's down gonna, in section 10
2: through. yeah he was keeping a low pro i'm surprised they didn't put him up on the jumbotron you would have heard boo <laughs>
1: <laughs> well he said someone recognized him so that's that's good i'm glad john's getting his property. he doesn't go out much so i'm sure he enjoyed that but yeah man happy birthday bobby everyone say happy birthday to bobby tell him on twitter happy birthday not you know if you see him in the street, buy him a drink. You're not going to believe this, but Bobby just turned 21 today, so this is a big
2: one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm 19 like Tatum.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're. Not, he's still 19, right? This is, he, this is his last teenage year, All right? We're seeing this. I <laughs> uh, no, appreciate that. This. I've gotten a, gotten a birthday, lot of love on bro, Twitter.
2: Bro. Yeah, I appreciate What'd it. What did you do me? today?
1: Been... How would sp- you spend the day before
2: work? Big breakfast. I went out and got the omelet, the muffin, I'm a big breakfast guy, out. so I go all out. You know, it's it's like nice. a three-course meal at the beginning of the day for me. Cups of coffee on cups of coffee, uh, family time, and you know this is a this is a tough week too. Obviously, I know you guys were holding it down the last couple of games. Uh, my grandma passed away a couple of days ago, so I appreciated you guys holding it down here. Last, I, I know some people were wondering why I was out for those two games. I know you sent me a big thing of flowers. Joe Sway, Jimmy, John, Nick, and um, yeah. Sharad. That was really nice, guys. It's it's a family here. I appreciate you guys holding it down and showing me love, and all the commenters uh, sending wondering where I was, and you know sending all the good vibes today. So. Great yeah, week in some ways, it. you know, a tough week people in some ways. I know I know we were very close, yeah. me and my grandma there. So it was a cu- tough couple weeks coming into this one, but I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be here at the Garden. You know, there's no place I'd rather be on my birthday here. And this was an awesome game. I mean, I'm excited for the playoffs here. This is going to be a really good stretch run for this team, I think, and a lot of other, you know, teams with this wide-open championship race here. So there is reason to be optimistic if Rob can get back. I'm um, seeing all the mm. love in the comments here, guys. Thanks so much, and uh, you know, thanks, Joe Swave, calling it out there. You know, you never oh, want to I call it your own birthday. Man. I'm never gonna sign on here and be like, "Hey, it's my birthday."
1: <laughs> you thought we forgot, though. Be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking if no one brought it up in a, in a group chat, I was like, he, he thinks everyone he thinks everyone forgot. So. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, we were holding it down, but yeah, people noticed right away you were you were gone. But man. Leave it to Bobby on his birthday. He wants to be at the and taking this game in. And I know it wasn't the outcome that we that we expected, but it was a heck of a game, man. It was quite a shootout, it felt like, at some point. And it felt like a the game one of an opening series, in a way. It certainly had that vibe a little bit, you know?
2: Yeah, the crowd here, too. I don't know if John was leading the chance, but <laughs> when they got going on the break there, it was a really good atmosphere here. And you almost feel like these teams, it's inevitable they're gonna, that they're going to meet up here. And I don't know whether it would be the second round if Miami stays at one and Boston falls to four or maybe a conference finals if both teams heat up down the stretch here. Miami's been a tricky team, Joe Sway. I know you saw the fight. They slipped up for the couple games after there in fourth quarters. The offense for them is wretched at times. The shooting, uh, Duncan Robinson's fallen out of favor here and uh, advantage Max Struess, I guess, in that starting lineup now, and he looks pretty good, former Celtic, who's out here killing them numerous times. But – I I don't know. I'm telling you, he doesn't. Yeah, he
1: loves playing the Celtics.
2: (laughs) Nine threes last time he played here, and big game here as well in the crunch crunch time. Um, This this team, like you, just look at them on paper. You see their shooting splits. Their offense is mediocre. I know their defense is great, but it's like, all right, this team's average. But here they are, the the one seed in the East. They're controlling their destiny. They give a lot of teams issues. And there's just this level that they can reach when Butler gets aggressive. Lowry's another guy. You almost forget he's on the heat because yeah, he's shot yeah. so little this year, but he comes Man. out in a game like this, gets a little more aggressive and he's hitting big shots.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: And all these guys will make the extra pass. Uh, Bam is just devastating when he really gets aggressive and turns it up inside there. So all these guys, their impact so subtle. They're all passing all game long, but then when the game calls for it, there's just such a high IQ with this group and uh a sense of what the game needs that Butler's finding that little 15 foot spot and Jonah mid range shot over you. Like I thought the Celtics built such an advantage over this group early in the year. It was one of the most shocking things about the season that they were blowing out the heat. Like they were in those first two games. I know a lot of guys didn't play the last time they visited here, but this is more what I expected between these two groups, a rock fight. And if they could you know, go into a series now, I think you have to be concerned about just this thing that Miami has over them. Especially when yeah. Boston's not at full strength.
1: Yeah, it's like they just—they feel confident too. I mean, they feel like they had the Celtics' number, and rightfully yeah. so. I mean, because of what happened in the bubble, and because of there's always a good matchup between these two, no, no question. But I mean, look from one from one team to it to a, to the you know the next one on the schedule here, the Indiana Pacers. I think this is going to be another one. I mean, without Rob out there, I think this might be a, a, you know a, just as tough as a matchup for the Celtics team. But how do you feel about it looking ahead here Friday night? Back at TD Garden, I mean, hopefully the the home cooking does help the Celtics here because they do have three in a row. But how do you feel about this Pacers matchup on Friday
2: night? Should be winnable. I think Pacers are really starting to enter that wind-down role here. I know they beat the Celtics last time these two teams faced. Halliburton was able to do a lot of stuff in the pick-and-roll and and shooting himself that he had one of the best games we've seen against that dominant defense once they really got rolling there for 20, 25 games like it was – I, I'm expecting a pretty competitive effort from Indiana, but that's a game you got to start to knock off here. Um, I don't know if Boston's going to go with a different starting lineup there against a more wing-oriented team. I think something to look out for is a little more Aaron Nesmith. The Celtics do try to go small there. Uh, I know you haven't been high on him, Joe Sway, but he did show something in those two games, Minnesota and uh, Toronto, certainly feels like his defense has turned a corner positionally starting to get a little more sound. And yep. he's starting totally to get a few Told shots. You. Yeah. So he's coming out of just that brutal rut he was in almost all season, coming back from the injury now. And he looks playable. I know you may hint it at him in some of the downsized lineups. <laughs> he looks playable. But, you know, he's almost the next guy up in the rotation in certain matchups. And Indiana's a smaller team, one big, bunch of wings you're not going to want to go double big as much against them. And Grant's a guy who got picked apart by Buddy Heald last time those teams played. So I want to see true. Neesmith get out there and show that he can maybe be a guy who plays a few minutes as part of this rotation. Uh, Pritchard's obviously important to. now too. Yeah. So I honestly it,
1: think he has to, especially in this matchup, because the guys like that who, you know, you have to really fight fight across screens to get to and, you know, the, the switching, like this is a good, this is a good reps for him, honestly. And if he plays well, within that 10-minute win ten minute window. So I, I say you, you let them keep playing because they're going to need all of that defensively.
2: Yeah, for sure. And you want to be able to switch across the perimeter. Something that frustrated me about this game is how they were dropping Horford. I know that's how you can best utilize him at times, but you want to be switching one to five and being that disruptive team that was doing that when they were at their best. Like, I know you got to get away from some of the things you were doing without Rob, but – there's guys here that can fill those roles. And if you really do want to go smaller with three wings and switch everything, Nismith's a guy that might be able to allow you to do that, especially against a wing oriented team like Indiana. So the way they play the matchups down the stretch here, going to be super interesting. Obviously on Sunday, it's a bigger team in Washington that you want to go double big against out of the gate, I think. So he may hinted at it in the pregame. Celtics are going to throw a bunch of different looks out there over these last five games here in terms of starting units and rotations and mixing and matching. The worry, I guess, is that it's a little too late to be doing that. Uh, You know, at this point, you want to know what you have, but they don't have a choice here after Rob. Like I said, it's the worst time for something like that to happen. On a team as thin as they are, playing as thin as they were, that next man up, you just see it. Like those guys, Neesmith, Tice, Pritchard even, these guys haven't been playing all year, and now all of them are in big roles. Grant is a starter, certainly.
1: I think we need to see Tyson starting, though. I think that could re- rejuvenate him if he, if he were to come off the bench, honestly, and Grant, because you, you need a couple of weapons off the bench that you can rely on. You need that, whether it's him and White or whether it's him and Pritchard. Like That's something this offense is going to need because I, I just – again, I, I think – we we know what Rob means to the defense, but without him out there, I think it, it also impacts the offense. You know, it impacts how these guys get their looks and how the uh, how the ball swings and how it you know the, the the way that things were you know before he before he got hurt. You know, you saw flashes of that against the Heat, but you didn't see it as consistently. And especially on the night where you had Jalen Brown score eleven straight points for you, and it was still a <laughs> two point game. You know, I felt like the Celtics never really built that cushion. Besides that seven-point lead, which, is, which is, I think that was the biggest lead of the night in that second half.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's a bummer because what were we talking about before all this happened? Championship, I was. And I thought this team had what it took. And they're going to have to show some real resiliency here. I think there's a lot on Yeme in terms of the coaching and putting stuff together now as the season winds down quickly. You, sh- you saw some sh- – sh- uh, oh, my God, a couple of games off and I can't talk. You saw some <laughs> signs here and – They fizzled quickly in crunch time. I don't think people are going to be looking at the silver linings out of this game. This is a really disappointing way to close a game where I felt like you were better than Miami for large stretches of this one. Like, don't you think if you take the total package of this game, the Celtics are the better team here. It was just those key moments where they slipped up to close the first half close the second half. And that's where this team their their season's going to be decided if they fizzle out in a first round series, think anyone's going to remember those 20 games where they were the best team in the world that's going to be forgotten pretty quickly here and all of a sudden there's going to be some questions about this core again you know injury or not you can always point to an injury and say when we were whole we were great but i think part of what makes a team is how you can sustain an injury and listen you have al horford you have a couple of decent depth bigs here uh, there's enough to sustain and get to the point where rob can come back if he was up for the season different story but your seating right. position your depth here there's enough here, I think, to get through that first-round series. And we didn't hit on Horford a ton. I wonder how you felt coming back from his personal leave, filling in for Rob for the first time you looked. I thought he was
1: a little shy out there. I mean, he did the intangible stuff. I know you were talking about how Miami just did that better, you know, than the Celtics did, or at least more than, a, you know, a couple of guys were constantly doing that. But I just want to see him get that shot up. I want to let, let that fly out, you know, like two for six, two, you know, what did he have, six points? I mean, yeah, 15 rebounds, that's great. Two steals, a block, great defense. But I think he's, got, he's been a little he's a little too shy on offense, you know. And, and granted, he didn't get those open looks like he normally does, or he like he has been before the, the two games that he, he sat out. But I, I think Eman needs to find a way to just get him those looks, you know especially in this matchup against uh, against the Indiana Indiana, Indiana Pacers. Wow.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you're going to have to find a way to put the ball in his hands at the very least because he can create. I know his post-up game isn't as strong as it used to be. The three has come and gone for him at points this year. And overall, offensively, I feel like he's had a rough season, maybe – Rebounding aside, he had another good offensive rebounding game here and passing is certainly something you know he's going to bring to the table here. Turning defense into offense is something he can do. But when you had those two bigs, there was a divergence between Al's defense, which I thought was actually low-key more important than Rob's, You know, because he switched on every position. He guarded the pick-and-roll on ball and allowed Rob to play the off-ball role. Uh, And then Rob, of course, with the rolling and passing, and putbacks and everything else, he was the guy who really energized the offense. It was almost the reverse of what you would have expected from these two coming into the year. So Horford has really struggled at times yeah. offensively. And that's almost another reason to start Tice. Let Tice be that offensive weapon. Let Horford focus on the passing, play above the arc, and not have to bang to get his points. Cause I don't know if Al can do that at this point in his career, post up and really get aggressive offensively. You did see that one pick and roll finish. That's not really a part of his game either. So He's gonna need a Tice next to him, almost as like his, uh, you know, strong arm out there. Because Al's gonna do all the little things. He's gonna be the rock. But if you really want a guy to press the issue and put some points on the board, you saw that Tice is capable of doing that here. Uh, I think Horford needs to stay as much as anybody in the role that he was in earlier in the year. You can't really make the game overtly physical for him and put him in these battles inside the paint and expose him to massive minutes and all the other stuff that he's largely avoided this year. And that's been key to his resurgent season. Like They've managed him well. They've put him in a position to succeed. What as he always talked about, Josue, he loves playing that four position. He moved mm. to the five out of necessity, but getting back to it this year was a big deal for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. And he, he adapted, you know. He got out to a good start offensively in the first, like, month of the season, and then he evened out a bit. But then I saw that spike after the all-star break, but hopefully he can get back to that uh, that momentum it seemed like he had with hitting a few threes and just, just being effective more on offense or being – more demonstrative on, you know, off- offensively, whether it was attacking the rim down low, getting those and ones, or whether it was those open three-pointers falling down, you know, because those, those are there. They're always going to be there. Um, but you know what, Bobby, you know, final thoughts here. I know we talked a little bit about Indiana, but um, what, what else do you need to see out of this team for them to pull out a win Friday night?
2: Ah, It's, it's tough. I mean, I, I think we both agree on the Tice thing. Grant, Being back on that bench unit, playing more solid would be nice. Uh, Pritchard, I think, you could get a little bit more out of him. I think everybody offensively could step up a little bit more in Rob's absence here. I'm telling you,
1: this Pritchard thing, man, it's starting to – if he's not making threes out there, it's just like he's not – he's just –
2: He needs to sprinkle in those catch-and-shoot looks. Yeah, early in the fourth quarter, he got that one luck against his own, and that's the small sample size that he's going to have to thrive in. White, got to start making three – Shots. Period. At some point, he had a decent game here, but the percentages are just still so bad with him.
1: I don't mind the mid range. I don't. You know, if that's what it takes for him to get on the board more often, then go with the mid range. You know, yeah. I thought he was a. He's been. He's been very inconsistent.
2: Yeah, and it feels like he needs the ball more. I'm not sure on this team if there's an opportunity for him to do that. Uh, So I don't know. He just seems kind of stuck in between uh, playmaking and getting his own shots in those spots. Brown, again, I thought sloppy on the ball. Maybe find a way to invert their minutes. I li- I've liked Brown as a finisher rather than an initiator, and he was sort of back in that initiator role in this game. felt like just everybody was out of place in this, in this game here, offensively at least. Uh, so I'm looking at right. Brown to be the guy who's cutting, catching, finishing, shooting, and he did thrive at points in this game doing those things. But once he got on the ball, he had to make those quick decisions. That's where the misses piled up. That's where the turnovers piled up for him. But it really goes back to Smart as the point guard here. Being the organizer, getting guys in their spots, not shooting too much. I mean, three for 15 for him is just out of control. Uh, So it's on everybody here. Like, really, the only guy you look at who had a great game in this one is Tice. And it's like, whoa, where'd that come from? But he is capable of doing the things that he did here tonight. So, listen, I'm not hitting the panic button. I know it was a – extra negative show for me i don't know how i could have come on here and sprinkled some silver lining and light and uh, brightness on this nice. one i guess i it,
1: know bobby if they won that's that's the only way i guess i guess that's
2: 16 nothing running the third like they really showed something there, going down 11 and exploding back to take that lead the ball movement there was great the passing like i know rob's gone it's a massive impact He's, he's your rock he allows you to defend extra aggressively he piles up extra offensive possessions like he just makes the game so much easier there's so much less pressure on everybody when he's out there but this group still has enough if they lean into the things that made them a great team for all those weeks there all those months really the ball movement uh, the switching defense like there's enough here I, I, I just don't want to get to the end of the season after a first round loss and just say oh they lost Rob that was it in right. some ways, yes, but this group needs to come together and figure it out. You still have Tatum, you still have Brown. It's going to be hard. You're going to play in a lot of close, close games now. I, I'd come to expect this the rest of the way. These games that go right down the wire, and they don't have a great record in those games just way. It's still something that they have to figure out as a group. Yeah, I think this is a good. This is a good
1: experience for these guys, especially Tatum and Brown, because <laughs> they have to find their way in those moments, in those stretches when it's a two-point game. Three minutes left to go they can't revert back to being whether you want to call it hero ball or then imagine to their own hands like they've they've come a long way you know what i mean and i, I thought we i thought we saw a little bit of that also miami's pressure defensively but uh, moving forward yeah i, I th- i'm with you i, I think we get a lot more closer games you know as we close out the regular season and seeing how they execute down the stretch it's going to be very Interesting, you know, because all those patterns, all those habits, they're going to carry over into the postseason. We're two weeks away, so it's going to be here before you know it.
2: Yeah, and we're on the same page at least. Uh, we'll see what Jimmy Josue, and Joe Sway and Jimmy and John and Sherrod think about this one and where this team is headed uh, when they join us again on Friday. But I do think there's some fixes here. Like this isn't doomsday, this is just day one of a significant loss. So you do kind of expect things to go a little haywire here and for things to actually go decently well at points here. I think, show at least a level of fortitude from this group. But it's not going to be easy for them to get to that point where Rob returns. Good news to start the day, but you actually have to fulfill that timeline and get to that point and still be alive when they get to May when Rob's going to hypothetically return here. So uh, right. they, have a, they have a tough stretch ahead here. They really do. There isn't a lot of time, and they just had a massive challenge thrown at them as a group. They sure did. All right, Bobby, you got some work to do. You got about forty-five minutes left of your birthday. Do your
1: thing. Take your time. Uh, we'll wrap up here, of course. Uh, guys, this weekend, I, I think the Celtics are gonna do well. If I had to guess, you get two wins this weekend. You're at home. You got a matinee on Sunday, which might be tough against the Wizards. But um, I think the going will be in good shape here. They can get these next two wins, you know, over the weekend at home. But, I'm uh, seeing course,
2: two. Uh, one more thing. I guess our March Madness bracket has reached its championship. We are down to me and you, coincidentally. Brockton Is that right? Wi-Fi, oh man, Brockton Wi-Fi and phenomenal are in the championships. I, I oh, know it's floating around man. the chat or has been, and it's on Twitter. So that's a, that's gonna go into overtime, Bobby. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, so we're down to two, in the, I and it was funny how it worked out. I think there was Jimmy's farts. Uh, there was a Sherrard one. I forget which Sherrard one it was. And then yeah, it was when media. Marcus told him to shut. That oh up. yeah, shut that. I shut can't that. that <laughs> I can't believe that loss. Did that lose to Brockton?
1: That lost to Brockton. Uh, I said, I said, whoever won that series,
2: series, whoever wins
1: that matchup is going to win it all. So is there any Brockton chance Brockton
2: beats Phenomenal? Because Phenomenal is just on such a roll. It won the conference tournament. <laughs> but, it rolled but, in the March. You
1: know what? You know what might, what might help Brockton though, the fact that the Celtics are they. You know they're dropping games now this is the first time since january they lost back-to-back games here so i feel like the phenomenal wave was riding on those wins (laughs) you know what i mean like i feel like it was building momentum off of the stuff that's playing phenomenal so look if they get back to playing phenomenal this weekend maybe maybe it takes it all maybe it (laughs) wins
2: well brockton has had of all the jokes on the show i think brockton wi-fi has had the longest runs. this is the new and the old here (laughs) meanwhile (laughs) i hear Wi-Fi was
1: like Rocket Wi-Fi was like show three, I think it was. Like That was bubble, you know, in the bubble. That was like we were first trying this thing out, and we made that joke, and it just stuck.
2: Meanwhile, everywhere you look, everywhere you listen, everyone's saying phenomenal now. It's unbelievable. It's become like the most – used adjective in yeah, the sports yeah. world lately. It's so true. I think I was the last game or the game before that. I forget which game it was, but I counted
1: scal saying it like Sean and Scal <laughs> were just thrown yeah, back and forth. In like 10 minutes. Yeah, when they were when they were doing the game. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Was it that one when they did TV? Yeah, I think so. I kind of I kind of like five phenomenals in 10 minutes. I was like wow I'll just catch it on. They watch us, Bobby. That's what that means. It is a great word. <laughs> it is. It is. All right, that's gonna do it for us. He's Bobby Manning. I'm Josue Pavone, guys. You already know. We'll be back in a couple of nights. CLNS Media on YouTube. CLNSmedia.com. Bobby, you just put the recap up, I believe, or you put up – you got some stuff coming up, of course. Uh, the reports from TD Garden and, yep. of course, about uh, – Celtics stuff.
2: CLNS for the recap. Yep, all that. Right. Um, brand new episode,
1: Cedric Maxwell Podcast just released about a few hours before the game started. Uh, check that out. We'll get into the whole Will Smith and Chris Rock fiasco. You don't want to miss I that heard Chris
2: Rock was in Boston tonight. So we'll see he what he is. He, has he did to a say. show
1: today. He got another show tomorrow night, I believe. But this one, I want to say the cheapest ticket was close to five hundred dollars.
2: Wow. So, off the slap. Yeah, off the slap. But you know what,
1: Bobby? I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't say a single word about it. Like he's gonna say that material for Netflix. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think he's he's gonna <laughs> leak that. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna like mentally work on it. He's gotta, yeah. It. He's gotta work on yeah. it. He's not going to put it out there on random clubs and stuff, so someone might record him or something. I don't know. I think he's too he's, – he's very meticulous like that. He hasn't said a word about it yet, so we'll see. Also, we talk about Robert Williams and, you know, Celtics stuff as well. But check that out. Brand new episode of Cedric Maxwell Podcast. Um, you know, check out Bobby's work, of course. And uh, until next time, guys, have a good night, and uh, hopefully the Celtics can turn this thing around Friday.